Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyers Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, post up together. Who's ready to hear an inspirational weight loss surgery story? Today, we're talking to Beyond the Sleeve Academy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I got that right. Okay. Mabel from Beyond the Sleeve Academy. Yes. Yes. So tell me about you. Well, first, get, go ahead and give me your stats because I think everybody wants to hear that. So I had surgery June 19, 2018. My starting weight was 280. Um, well, my highest weight was 280. My starting weight for surgery was 260. My current rate right now is 170 and my goal weight, I, I don't know. I'm just going with the flow right now, see what happens, but I feel good where I'm at. I'm just trying it's to okay. like work on my fitness. And how tall are you? I am 5'4". Five, 5'4". Four. Five, four. So you're shorty like me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of surgery did you have? I'm just kind of. I, I had the sleeve surgery. You did. So did you like it or did, do you wish that you would have did one of the other ones because your percentage of weight loss is higher with the other ones? Do you ever wonder if I would have had the RNY, I probably would have lost more weight? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. No. I mean, because here's the truth. Like the amount of weight I lose is on me now. So it doesn't matter what surgery I, I got. Like what I learned from getting the surgery and changing my habits, I could lose whatever weight I want. So I don't even care about that. So I'm happy and content with my sleeve because that was my original idea. So you're good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tell me a little bit about you. So I had sleeve surgery because, I mean, I've been overweight all my life. Yeah. It was just something on my to-do list that it was just, it just didn't want to get out my to-do list. And I had no idea how to do it. And I swear to you, and I know everybody in this community knows, we tried so hard, tried to change our habits. And it just feels sometimes that like you're never going to get it. And one day my friend told me about weight loss surgery. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to lose weight the right way quote unquote, like, I don't need that. And then I was just like, Mabel, why are you brushing that off? Like, and then I started like looking it up. It just seemed like something that I could do, like something that will give me a extra tool to try to figure out this weight loss thing. Being overweight all my life has just been just crazy. I suffered from something called HS, cannot pronounce the disorder, but it's called HNS, HS, and it's pretty much you get boils, like your hair follicles stay inside, so you get ingrown hairs and you get boils. Oh, and no. the heavier I got, the more intense the boils they got. At, though, were they like all over? They were in my armpits, between my thighs, oh, um, God. under my breast. Girl, there was. I will say that maybe eighty percent of my day. I mean, of my my days, I was in chronic pain all the time. Oh my so of gosh, course yeah. I didn't want to work out, right? Of course I was um, emotionally eating, food became my friend. 
it was just a lot. So I think one of the things that really pushed me to get the weight loss surgery and wanting to do it so urgently is because I really wanted to take care of that boil situation. It was driving me crazy. Like I really felt like I really couldn't move or live my life the way I wanted to. So that's why I started really like looking that up. And I really liked what I saw. Like I liked the information. And I'm just like a person who likes to take risk. So I just did it. I was like, let's just see what happens. And I just did it. Did you have PCOS? What was going on that was causing that problem? Did you have health problems? uh, No. From being overweight? No, just overweight. And so now that I'm at the weight that I'm at now, I don't get them anymore. So the reason I was getting that was because I was overweight. Wow. Um, I didn't have any other like side things going on. I, I mean, I was at risk of getting cholesterol, but <laughs> that was it. I was just overweight. Okay. And that was causing my body to react in that way you know, one of our events has a girl that was overweight and it was causing the, her eye, some pressure on her eyes and mm. it was making her go blind. Wow. That's like scary. what the hell from being overweight and she had to have surgery. So there's crazy things out there that can happen, you know, and everybody's different and everybody's bodies are different, mm-hmm. but holy shit. I cannot imagine. Cause I am not going to lie. I had like a duck, um, it was like on the inner of my thigh one time, me and my husband just barely got married and I had like a duck got clogged or something mm. and girl, I had a cyst. Holy God. It was snowing and I couldn't get to urgent care and I couldn't move and I was already getting a fever and That's they closed down the traffic. They said no traffic, bad weather. And he got me to the urgent care. He was so worried. So that's where I was on Valentine's day that year was he was sitting down while they were popping that thing or getting it out. Or it was the worst pain of my life. So I can yes. imagine. Yeah. So imagine having multiple, a lot of the times I'll try to like, let it like drain itself, but sometimes the pain will be so unbearable and I would have to go to the emergency room because I couldn't walk. I couldn't pretend like everything was okay. Like sometimes it was really, really bad. I actually got surgery for it. Fun fact about me, I don't have to wear deodorant because they took, they had, um, they took the sweat glands from both of my underarms because they, the sweat is what, I'm sorry, the hair follicles uh-huh. They took the hair follicles out because that was what's causing the boils. So now I don't have any sweat glands on my underarms, so I don't have to wear deodorant. But wow. yeah, I had to get surgery on both my underarms because it, it was just like multiple boils on both of the underarms. So it was a lot. And then on top of all of that, it was just more emotional eating because I mean, I really didn't have amazing thoughts about myself back then. So it was oh, just yeah. It was bad. What size pants did you wear back then? Do you remember what size clothes you were or how high your BMI was? I don't remember how high my BMI was, but I do remember that I went up to a size 20 one time and I was like, what the hell is going on? Because I've always been a size 14 or 16. That was my norm. 
So when I got to a 20, I was just like, okay, <laughs> this is an emergency. Something's going on. Um, so that was my highest size in pants. And I forgot wow. what store it was. I think it was Old Navy. Because <laughs> you know, all the stores have different sizes. Yeah, I yeah. I forgot what store it was. Well, I can't, I can't even imagine the, the pain you must have felt because those are like the worst spot to have any kind of underarms, like those follicles, like, oh my God, girl. I mean, everybody gets an ingrown every now and then. Damn, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. So you had surgery, you had your VSG. Where did mm -hmm. you go to get your surgery? It's called New York Bariatric Group. It's in Long Island. And I got my surgery in Long Island. No, Mercy Hospital, Mercy Hospital. It's so funny. It didn't happen so long ago. And I'm like forgetting the facts. But yes, I got in Mercy Hospital. Um, I love the clinic. It was the, the doctor was amazing. Do I remember the doctor's name? No, <laughs> but he was amazing. And I love him so much. Did you have complications when you had your surgery? Yeah, everything went smoothly. I mean, what was really going crazy was my mind drama, right? Because now I couldn't eat as much as I could have ate. And trying to figure out what I could eat, what I couldn't eat. Yeah, and just feeling sick and weak in the beginning, trying to figure out all the things. But trying other than eat. that, I'm, I've been blessed. The first time you got to eat solid food again, what was that like? Do you remember what you ate? What did I eat? I know I was tired of boiled eggs. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I don't even, You know what? I really, I stuck with protein shakes. Oh, you know what I kept having? Eggs and cheese and my protein shake. That's what I will have in the beginning. Because mm -hmm. I was kind of scared to eat. Yeah, um, scary. In that beginning. Yeah, it was, it was funny because it was like, I love to eat. But for the first time in my life, I was scared to eat because I didn't know what was going to happen like after yeah. I ate it. It's scary. After. It's scary. Mm -hmm. And before you could eat, because I was a binge eater, I could eat and eat and eat and, and just never ending I mean, I would mm -hmm. get so stuffed. I'd make myself feel sick, but I could still keep eating. But when that restriction is impossible, you just cannot swallow mm -hmm. because it's unbearable. Yeah. Right. So I, I do remember a lot of times in the beginning, I will have a lot of moments where I would just have to lay in the couch and just breathe <laughs> because I ate too fast. I ate too much. Um, so it was a lot of like sitting on the couch and like, okay, this, this was too much. So I have to like eat slower next time, two more next time. It was just like a learning. It was like learning how to walk. I know. Yeah. <laughs> learning how to eat. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. Did your family take it well, or, you know, your partner? You know what? Um, actually my, my boyfriend at the time got it months after me wow um so that wasn't even like a thing like we were like in the journey together my family I mean they don't really like they don't really care as long as you're not like hurting anybody everybody could do whatever they want so I am lucky that I have that situation going on because I know a lot of people are having a lot of drama mm -hmm. with their family members mm -hmm. and what they think I did have um co-workers or some friends telling me I didn't need the surgery and, you know, they'll tell me their opinion about it, but yeah. I've been always so like headstrong, like I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. it I'm was grown. just like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. grown. Like I, I hear what you're saying. 
but I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. I'm the same way. You can tell me what you want, but I already made up my mind. So, right. Yeah. And you know, what helped is that I knew that a lot of it was coming from a place of love. They just wanted to help me. They just were trying to maybe avoid me, quote unquote, dying or whatever the complications they thought was going to happen. They were just trying to save me. So that's what helped me not want to um, kill some of them after some of the comments that I heard. But it was all out of love. It's okay. And so, now the ones, oh, sorry, go ahead. What brought you to giving back to the bariatric community, to doing all the things that you're doing? Once I got the surgery and I was losing the weight, I saw that I was still feeling crappy about life, right? Because I thought that once I started losing the weight, my life is going to get so magical and I was going to start lo- loving life. Everything was going to go according to the plan. And it did it. That that I was like not happy. So then I started reading personal development books and really getting into that area and studying that area. And then one day I came across this podcast, um, the Life Coach School, mm-hmm. and it just changed my life forever. So every time I meet somebody, I'm like, listen, go listen to that podcast. She has this coaching program where she teaches you all the tools that she teaches you in the podcast. And I was just like, one day I just woke up and I was just like, oh my God, people in this community need to hear this. They need to understand what's going on in their brain. They need to understand how to be, how to be happy, how that's in, under their control. They need to understand how everything in our lives is really under our control, but the way that we're seeing it it's not allowing us to truly see the truth that we are in, we are hundred percent in control of our lives. And if people knew this, then their weight loss surgery journey will be easier. The relationship with food will be easier. The relationship with other people, the world themselves. So I got into a certification program and I just became a life coach. Mind you, I mean, again, I'm a person who likes to take, take risks. So I just decided and did it. <laughs> But I've, I always love to be in service. And I knew that that's something that I wanted to do, like a passion. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what exactly until this weight loss surgery. I'm like, I totally would love to help people in our community, like get from point A to point B yeah. in a less stressful and daunting way. Yeah. Um, what do you normally talk about when you do your events? Mindset. That's my jam. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I talk about anything mindset. There's no limits. Right now, my program is about overeating and over desiring food, but that's what I focus on. But I talk anything mindset. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to go from eating the way you did before. And then because I'm seven months out now, and it's like I'm still fighting that brain hunger. I'll still go try to eat what I ate before. And think, oh, well, I can just eat a couple of bites. And then I get it and I want to eat all of it. I want to eat all of it. We spend so much money trying to still be who we were. And we can't eat it and it goes in the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been my biggest struggle. Like, what do you tell people that have that? They can't conquer that brain hunger. 
Right. So that's where I come in, right? Because I'll, I'll ask you, like, what are you making that mean? And what are you making it mean that you're doing that right now? Like, are you really making it a problem that you're facing your old habits? Oh, are you're you? asking me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just I'll get lazy and I'm out and about. Yesterday, I had to drive six hours. I mean, I, I drove three hours to go to my house because I'm selling it. And then I drove three hours back and I was like, I'm hungry. I didn't have a shake with me. And I thought, well, I'm just going to stop. You know, I just get lazy and I don't meal prep. Right. So you see all those thoughts that you're having, like, I just get lazy. I just don't meal prep. That's, those are the things that you need to start observing about yourself and what you're saying to yourself, because those are the things that make the journey more heavier than it needs to be. Yeah. Because of course you probably did it, right? Because you haven't made it a habit that if when you're traveling, that's what you were doing, you were traveling? Yeah, I was driving. I had to drive. Uh-huh. Right. So that was just information for you to see that when you are traveling, you need to pack things because now your life is different. Now you need to have a shake. Now you need to like bring stuff with you. You can't just stop anywhere because if you just stop anywhere, your brain is going to automatically do, do what it always does. Oh, and yeah. it's probably to go to the fast food place. Oh, but there's this place mm-hmm. in Lano, Texas. It's a barbecue place. Super famous. Oh my God. It's amazing. The mm-hmm. best barbecue ever. And I'm starving. I probably drank one shake the whole day and we pulled over and I got off and I was like, I want all of it. <laughs> so I was like, give me a half pound of brisket. Give me a half pound of the pork ribs give me some sausage and I get in the car and I can't even I took like one bite of sausage and one bite of brisket and I'm done and I spent 60 some dollars and I was like and I gave it all to my son because I dropped him off because he went to help me Mm. and I was like you can have it and I was like well fuck (laughs) you spent all this money and I can't even eat it and it's good it's freaking good but I just can't eat it. But it's just my brain. I get over hungry and zealous and I want to eat all of it. Right. Yeah. So that's what I did yesterday. Right. So it's just information for you to see. And this is going to happen. Like you're going to do things like the way you used to do before. And it's moments like this, when you spend $66 that you're like, oh, wait, I'm different now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to just keep reminding yourself that you're different and you're doing, you have to take different actions. Yeah. So maybe when you go to this barbecue place, you'll probably eat from the kids menu. Like you'll remember the last moment. Yeah, girl, you're here in Texas. So you literally walk up and before you even go in the restaurant, you walk up and there's this huge barbecue pit and there's this man standing next to it. And he opens this huge pit. That's probably like 10 feet long, the door opens it up and you just see all the meat just juicy sitting there (gasps) you tell them what you want and then they take it inside and then they get it for you so yeah there's no kids menu there's there's uh meat just glorious shiny greasy meat (laughs) right and that's amazing right but then you have to ask yourself why do we need to have it all like there's no food scarcity i know always come back starving yeah yeah I just think it's interesting how our brains just like, and it's so sad in the beginning where you want to eat and you take two bites and you're done. And then 
it's kind of depressing in the beginning. I don't know if it was for you because you take two or three bites and then you're full and then you're like, that's it. You know, it's, like, it's depressing right. because yeah. of how, how big we made food in our lives. Yeah. It's the yeah. only reason. Yeah. And what you're thinking about the fact that you can't eat that much. Mm-hmm. It's not the actual like food. Yeah. It's like, what is all your thoughts about food? Like yeah. for me, I, I, food made me happy. So when I couldn't eat all that food, my, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so now what, how am I going to find joy in my life? Yeah. So I think it almost forces us to look at different avenues in like our lives to like, what else could bring us happiness? Like, what else can I do now mm-hmm. that I can't eat? So it's yeah. sad sort of, but it's almost necessary so that we could like push forward. And do other things. Pressure. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we totally put food on a pedestal. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the king in our life, you know, it's yeah. who we think of when we wake up, who we think of when we go to bed. I mean, it's who we hate, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a total, um, I don't know what the word. I was gonna say mind fuck, but you know, okay. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, wait, can we curse here? Yeah, yeah. That's what it 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 is. It consumes you, and I think it it, now it's it's less consuming. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's just it's not really weird. It's just part of the process. Yeah. So say it like that. It feels less heavier. There is a food freedom that comes with it, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we get in those moments where whether it's late at night or we want something sweet kind of fall back into that how can we still have it (laughs) you know and how can we get away with it you know Mm -hmm. so we just have to be careful in those moments right and those moments also reveal to you what you need to work on it's like oh this is this is the drama that I have every night this is the next this is the next thing that I have to deal with nighttime and food so at nighttime, okay, let's say your crutch is nighttime. I just had a, a separate episode and she said her problem was snacking. Like she would just snack with like slider foods, like candies and little candy, fun size candies and things like that. And it was, that was her crutch. So how do you not do that and take that out? Or do you stop or do you replace it with something healthier? What do you do? It really depends on where it's coming from. Like I have, like some of my clients, they do it because they don't eat the whole day, right? They don't eat enough food the whole day. And then at nighttime, they're like, oh snap, I'm freaking hungry, right? And now they're scared to eat because it's nighttime. And somebody made up this rule, weird rule that you can't eat at a certain time or you're going to get fat. Or um, what they do is that they just been, they, instead of eating real food, they snack because, you know, snacks feel better in our stomachs than eating protein or eating like real dense food because sometimes it hurts. Mm. So to avoid that pain, you just keep snacking. And unfortunately, the chips and all of that, that feels amazing when it, when it goes down because you barely feel it. Um, so what I tell people is to 
make a routine. Make a routine and plan ahead of time. If you're gonna have a slide of food, plan it ahead of time because that's less dramatic. If yeah. you're gonna have a snack, plan it ahead of time, make it a snack that you want to make it so that when eight o'clock comes, you're not trying to make a decision while you're hungry. Mm -hmm. You already decided that at 8 p.m., you're gonna have the snack. It becomes less dramatic. It becomes yeah. less like this food drama. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. I think that I think that's good. And then um, that way, it's a planned food item, and so there's no guilt. There's no. There's no. Uh, you know, remorse over it. There's. You planned it ahead just, of time. This is your decision. I'm gonna have this treat at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much do that with nut butter. I love nut butter. And I know that once a day, I'll get half a rice cake, put some nut butter on it. And that's my treat. It's so good, you know, and I just I look forward to it. It's like, I know I'm going to get it later. But I don't have it every day. Yeah. And that's not even like, why do you call it a treat? It's not even like a I don't know. It's not even like because when you say treat, it's almost something that you can't have every day. Like I feel like I'm cheating. Like yes, I, it it does feel like I'm cheating. I don't know why I still have that cheating word in my vocabulary because it's not cheating. We're not cheating on our You're diet. We're just eating. We're eating. Yeah. Yes. But I I still, you know, it's crazy how we still have that cheating mentality. Like we're we're ruining our diet or we're we're cheating and failing and like, I, you know, it's that diet mentality. Mm -hmm. And those are the thoughts that will lead you to take, to feel like crap and take actions that you don't want to take because of the way you're thinking mm -hmm. about the food. Girl, I, I'll eat rice cake and peanut butter every day. Like, well, I don't, I don't do it because it's not my thing, but I can eat that every day. I'm not going to get overweight. It's just yeah. food. Yeah. You know? How do clients contact you if they want to be coached and have that support system for them? So Instagram, that's where a lot of, well, that's where everybody finds me. Instagram, Instagram, you just reach out to me on Instagram and we just get started. Okay. So you when do? you, when you sign up, I bring you on to my Slack community. That is where we message. That's where all everybody's at. And every month we learn a new skill set that will help you with your weight loss surgery journey. We have challenges every week. We have a group coaching call and we just work on our mindset. And yeah. there's like-minded women in there working on their mindset too, working on all their food drama, working on the relationship with, the, with food that's been ingrained in them mm -hmm. so that they could go out there and just eat what they say they're going to eat and mm -hmm. not make it a big deal. And yeah. little by little, you just see like the sense of freedom and the weight just comes down because a lot of the reasons why people are stalling and regaining is because of all the drama mm -hmm. that they're connecting to food. They can't yeah. just eat what they're going to eat. And, and I mean, say what they're going to say, what they're going to eat, just eat it. It just turns into this big dramatic thing yeah. when it's not that complicated. Well, yeah. on paper, it's not that complicated, but because of all the thoughts we have about food, it becomes this whole complicated thing. 
just drama. It's just, you know, we're just making a big thing out of calories in calories out, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. that difficult. No, but it's but... so weird how our brains just work like that. Like we're, mm-hmm. most of us have been through so many diets and so many programs and failed so many times. It's overwhelming, you know, right. It's, yeah. it's hard to believe that something could work. And it's hard to believe in yourself when you quote unquote failed so many times, but it's like, once you get the surgery, once you decided that you're going to do this, you have to decide even when it's hard to believe in yourself and have your own back and do the things that you need to do to like become more knowledgeable about eating and about just your well-being you just have to recommit again and even though the fear of failing again might come again just know that you have your own back yeah oh, I like that I love that so what's your favorite advice to give one thing that I love to tell people you did not need the surgery to lose weight and the reason I tell people that is because they need to know that their power to lose weight is with the, them. The mm-hmm. tool is just there to assist them. So when things are going wrong in your journey, it's not because of the tool. It's because of a skill set that you need to learn. The tool is just there to like be your psychic, help you out, just remind you like, hey, mm-hmm. you're a little fool. It is not there to do the work. You have to build yourself up as a person who becomes this healthy individual, Yeah, like it's not the tool. Cause a lot of times people are like, oh, I had this weight loss surgery. I don't know why I'm not losing weight or it's not working. It's like, no, you're not working and that's okay. Ouch. Let's figure out what's going on. Yeah. Let's figure out what skill sets you need to learn what is going on. Because this, this is the reason why you were overweight to begin with. You have to deal with this problem. It's just because you have weight loss surgery doesn't mean that you don't deal with the hot mess that got you overweight to begin with. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's not fair. Like we all have like either traumatic stuff going on in our lives, but we have to deal with it as a human so that we can experience a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we're not responsible for what happened to us when we had no control, but now as an adult, you have so much authority to like get the therapy that you need to get like really work on yourself so that you can live the quality of life that you deserve. So I guess that was my long advice. (laughs) No, I like it. I like it. That's good. Yeah. People that have surgery, they do great. And then the tool works, but they don't really work with it. And then a year or so later, they gain it back. They get regained and uh, because they never learned the skill set. They never became that person who mm -hmm. is healthy. It's like a trying to go in the kitchen and cook something and you pull out your recipe from your recipe card and then you're like all right I'm gonna make this well that's just your recipe card you still got to make the damn thing you know and the cards just the instructions like this is how you do it but you got to pull out the salt you got to pull out the pepper you know you got to pull it all out and actually put it together and make it and that's kind of how this is I think Mm -hmm. is it's a part of it it's the beginning of it right and even when you do the recipe, when you actually cook it, it's going to taste great, but 
the more you do it, the better it gets. It's like practicing and learning what went right. Do you have to add more salt? Do you have to add less salt? Do you have to cook it more? It's like part of the journey to like, it's like the learning. And I think people make like the fails and figuring things out, like something has gone wrong, but it's like, no, of course you're going through this because you have no idea how to do it. But the only way to know how to do it is by doing it and failing forward. I love mm. to use this, this term so much, failing forward. You can never fail, you just fail forward. Mm. And the, the difference is failing and just staying there and failing and learning from what happened. Like just and, um, analyzing logically what happened, why did you fail and taking that information and doing it again. So that's like failing forward. There's no I failing forward. Yeah. Well, damn girl. I like that. Yeah, I know. I like that. That's good. Okay. What about body dysmorphia? That's a big one for me. You know, I was asking my husband, it was like, cause I've noticed at my heaviest, cause I'm just trying to think of what other people are thinking, you know, that they may have this. Cause I'm not the only one that has these things, you know, like my husband, when I was at my heaviest with him because I was just telling him the other day on the ride home he was talking to me and I said you know how has sex changed for you now compared to before and he was like nothing's changed and I was like excuse me (laughs) it is amazing now it's incredible and he was like wait a minute so if you're saying it's incredible now are you saying it sucked before And I was like, no, 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 you don't get it. You don't get it. What I was trying to say was, is that before I was there physically for it, right? But mentally, I struggled because I didn't want the lights on or I was embarrassed or, you know, I didn't want him to see things, you know, I I was insecure and body dysmorphia and body positivity and all that. But now I don't care if the lights are on. I don't care if he's looking at me. I don't care if it takes him the minute to position me to, because before I'd be like, oh my God, he's looking at me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Without getting graphic, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I would worry before. And now it's like, I don't care. I I am with him physically and mentally. And so Mm -hmm. it is amazing and Mm -hmm. so much better. What do you tell clients who struggle in that area? Because I've noticed a huge difference. You know, I just don't know. It's a your huge thoughts, struggle for people. Your thoughts about sex change. That's why your experience is different. That's why for him, nothing changed because his thoughts about your sex life together was amazing already. So even though you got, you changed physically, it didn't matter to him because his thoughts were amazing to begin with. That's why he doesn't see the difference. Yeah. You only see the difference because you had different thoughts back then because you were worried about everything else. Oh, is he looking at me? Is he doing this? Now that you've lost some weight, that has allowed you to open up you know, space for, for beautiful thoughts to happen. Mm-hmm. But that was it. It was just the thoughts, right? Because you have people who are bigger who have amazing sex, right? Yeah. 
and they're and already because there. Because of their thoughts, they're yeah. already there because they're of there. their thoughts about it. They're not thinking about the lights on. They're like, turn me over, do what you gotta do. Do what you, yeah, yeah. So, and I wish I was one of those people. Like I really wish, like the the lady on the beach, who's in a freaking bikini and she's three hundred pounds, like. I want to be that person. It didn't matter. You know, there's not a number, but you know, the person that is herself with wrinkles or scars or stretch marks or fat or whatever, no makeup, no hair done. And she's just living in that moment and she's loving it. I've always wanted to be that person. Like you could be. Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) You just have to work on your thoughts about yourself so that no matter what weight you are, and that this is for everybody, like me included, like no matter what weight you are, no matter what's happening in your life, like you have your own back and you know that you're amazing. And like, you're not following social norms to like mm-hmm. determine what is beautiful and what's not. That's yeah. it. That's all the work that we have to do. I get negative thoughts about myself all the time, but then I tell myself, no, I'm not going to entertain it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, girl, you look bloated. And I'm like, Mabel, shut up. You are amazing. Right. So it's the constant talking to myself because I do have thoughts that come back to yeah. me. It's just normal. Like you can't really, you could try to fight it, but it's exhausting. Those thoughts are going to come, come back and forth. You well, just yeah. have to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it's funny how we kick that negativity out for everything else in our lives. But when it comes to ourselves, we don't give that to ourselves. Because it's not normal. It's, well, you've been doing it all your life, talking to yourself like shit. Yeah. So it, it doesn't even matter. Like I said before, it doesn't even matter how much weight you lose. If you talk to yourself like shit when you're bigger, that is going to transition to when you become smaller. If you don't decide to intentionally work on it, it's just the way it is. What do you tell yourself when you're having sex and you're trying to be positive and try not to be self-conscious about your body or your roles or your, cause my husband will girl, he's six two two twenty, and he will squeeze me, squeeze my butt or my thighs or what all my fatty bad parts that I really hate. <laughs> He just touches me everywhere and he will, he loves everything. And mm-hmm. so I have to catch myself. It's like, if he's squeezing a fatty part, cause it's getting looser as I lose more weight and I feel really self-conscious and, but I try not to think about it. And then I, and I, I changed that thought to before it was like, okay, I need to move him. Cause he's like, don't touch me there. I would move his arm or because I was insecure about it. But now I tell myself, he loves all of me. Mm-hmm. He accepts all of me. And I think like, that's beautiful. And let him let give him that, like, let mm-hmm. him love that or whatever he's doing. Yeah. So it's, first of all, you have to have love and compassion for yourself because of course you're having this reaction, right? Mm-hmm. This is just part of your transformational journey of like how you think about yourself and in like sex in the sex area. 
just keep talking to yourself like of course he wants to touch me of course like I'm sexy I'm amazing like just keep telling yourself that everything's everything's gonna be okay this is part of the process even though you have these negative thoughts coming Mm -hmm. you are still in control and you can still decide to just let him touch you and keep practicing why why it's amazing for him that he gets to touch you right yeah because you are amazing like you have to keep giving your brain evidence of why you are amazing because right you you practice enough of giving your brain evidence of why you're not amazing yeah right you have all these facts everywhere whatever you're telling yourself you gave your brain enough evidence so now when when he touches you that comes up because your brain is like, oh, there he goes again, touching your fat, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have to practice the other way mm-hmm. and be okay with like feeling like shit until you're all the way on the other side. Yeah. It's going to take time. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I mean, it's definitely getting Well, no, better. not we're getting there. You're getting there. He's already there. Oh, he's there. Right? Oh, yeah. His he's- thoughts about you is amazing. Girl, he's it's there. You. <laughs> it's just you. And it's that's okay. Me. <laughs> and that's amazing right it's yeah. amazing that you that you are the problem because you can solve it yeah so it's just you this is just you and this is part of your journey and it's yeah. okay yeah self-love um when I'm having sex what I practice now is being in the present moment I don't think about my thoughts about how my body looks I don't think about anything I'm in the moment of me and this person we're about to have sex lights and candles just put some music fun. on period period just get I, in the zone get in the get zone get in the zone yep have, have your passion love life just experience like for me it's like experiencing life yeah and then all my thoughts about myself or what i think it just goes out the window because i'm in the present moment mm-hmm. and i think that's the advice I will give people. Just be in the present moment yeah. of what's happening. You don't have time to think about that fat, whatever. But it's good though. Cause I think before, whenever we do like a fad diet or something, we'd lose weight and then, you know, we'd gain it back. We never really had a chance to really explore how much obesity has affected our lives until now. Losing the weight is just putting the key in the door not even it's exploring the whole house like every door every turn door. on all the lights to the house girl <laughs> and now you're starting to clean up all the closets yeah and look at everything that's that you've been mm-hmm. hiding and it's amazing at the same time right because you're re- recreating your life and two how much i've noticed how much time we have now when you take all that eating out of the equation how much time in the day that we have? Like, we I have noticed so- how much money I saved. <laughs> oh. I was spending so much money on food. You were? Yes. What was your favorite thing to get before you had surgery? Like, what was your, like, go-to crutch? Um, ice cream. And I ice still cream. is. Like, I still eat my ice cream. But yeah. now I have a different meaning behind the ice cream. And... When I see myself having the same, like I usually use ice cream to cope with my feelings. So if I'm not having ice cream, I now I have frozen yogurt. 
I find that it's the same for me. It's the same thing. So I just have frozen yogurt. It's a healthier option and it tastes to me the same. But when I see myself using ice cream because I had a long day or because I'm sad, now I'm more self-aware. And I'm like, oh, Mabel, there's something that you need to fix. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between now and before. Because I still, I still have moments of food relationship. It's not like this is going to go away. The most important yeah. thing is now being aware of what's going on and managing your emotions, managing your life now as you're witnessing things happening. Because before we weren't paying attention, before we were just, just eating and just doing the things. Mm-hmm. Now it's different. Huh. No, I like that. I like that. So ice cream was, well, wait a minute. Cause I can have dairy free yogurt. Can I just freeze my yogurt? I've never been able to be an ice cream person. I mean, don't get me wrong. People do not understand that ice cream is as a person who can't eat it. <laughs> it is so delicious. Like I wish I could eat ice cream, regular ice cream, but so can I get my yogurt and freeze it? And you can do whatever you want. I mean, I, I never took a, ice cream or do you buy frozen yogurt at the store? I go to the frozen yogurt. There's like frozen yogurt places and I just go. Okay. I'm in St. Angelo. We don't got that fancy. Stuff oh, okay. Here. But girl, go take a yogurt and freeze it. See what happens. I don't see how that would taste bad. I'm going to try it. That's good. I would love to eat some ice cream. That's like, like I take, um, I will take a plain yogurt, freeze it. Right. Cause then that'll be like vanilla. Then I'll take some cinnamon or put some whatever flavor to it, add some treats to it. And there goes the ice cream girl. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to try that. I've never tried that before. Do it. Cause I was just eating regular yogurt out of the refrigerator. The, the, the dairy free yogurt. Um, that so delicious brand. I think it is. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm going to try it. that. See, what happened. See, mine was Dr. Pepper. Soda? Yeah. Oh, duh. Like, what What else is Dr. Pepper? Okay. Oh, that was your jam? That was my jam. I had a hard time with soda water. I wasn't a sweet eater, candy eater. I mean, I wasn't a fast food person because I have celiac. I I can't have wheat. Mm. I wasn't an ice cream person. I can't have dairy. But I could drink Dr. Pepper because it didn't hurt my stomach. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I drank a lot of Dr. Pepper. Like it was my crutch. I would drink a Dr. Pepper. Shitty. Do you have a tip for that? <laughs> the, wait, because what? You still want Dr. Pepper now? I think my brain, I think my brain wants it, but I've tried to drink it, but it tastes like cough syrup. It doesn't taste good anymore. Okay. So, I mean, they have like these carbonated drinks. It's the carbonated drink that makes you feel like, what is it that you like about Dr. Pepper? I'm pretty sure it is the fizz. I think it's the feeling of putting it in a cup with ice and having it fizz up. It's the fizzy feeling, I think. I've replaced it with bubbly, that blackberry bubbly. I really love that one. The blackberry one is so good. It's delicious. Okay. I mean, it sounds like you found an alternative. Yeah. Just Dr. Pepper. I mean, if you want to have it, have it. I mean, what do you think is going to happen if you do have it? Oh, but it tastes bad to you now, right? Yeah, it doesn't taste good. But one time I still drank it anyway, even though it tastes like crap. 
And I felt guilty. I felt so guilty. Like I failed and I felt guilty to the point of like obsession. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, I felt like crap. I failed. Why did you feel guilty? What sentence was, were you telling yourself in your mind? It wasn't a soda. What it were was, you saying to yourself? That I failed, that I ruined it. I messed up everything that I did the surgery for and I screwed up. I Is failed. it true? Was that true? It felt like I did at the time. It felt like. Yes, but feeling and the reality are two different things. This is our brain acting crazy again. Yeah. Because, you know, that inner bitch is, she is mean. She is very mean. Whoever your inner person is, you know, she is cruel. But Your primal yeah. brain. So, of course, she said that you failed because you're probably trying to be perfect. I'm trying to not mess up and not change everything. And you just can't change everything. So what I did was I like the protein 2.0. I'll put that in some ice and put it in the blender and I'll make it like a like a Sonic's slushy. And because I love Sonic slushes, but they're high in sugar. And you so go. you find your alternative. Yeah. I know. Just so that you're going to feel like even when you're doing all the right things, you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. It's okay. It's just in the beginning. It's like you're changing your whole identity. And that is uncomfortable for your brain because your brain likes to do what it always does. It doesn't care whether it's good for you or bad for you. It just likes to be at a state of doing the same because it knows that that's what kept you alive. Okay. Yeah. So that discomfort is just, it doesn't like, it, it takes a lot more work to do something different. And that's the discomfort. Have you ever like, do you use Waze or GPS or anything? Like um, to help you with traffic? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. My so, husband has Waze though. I know what that is. He uses Waze all the time. So there was, there's a certain path that I take to work every single day. And there was a lot of traffic this day, this day. And for... I just put it, I put my job address on Waze and it told me to take this weird direction, but I was going to get there faster, but the direction was so different than I normally take. And do you know that I rather had sat on traffic to go the way that I've always went instead of listening to Waze, who was taking me on all these weird avenues. I mean, not weird. It was where I lived, but taking me on this weird route even though it was much better, mm-hmm. my brain was still like, no, let's just stay here. Why are you making things complicated? This is the comfortable way. This is the comfortable way. Yeah. Girl, do you know I went through all those zigzags that ways tell me, told me to go? No traffic. I was actually less stressed and I got to work way quicker. Mm. So it's just to show you that your brain just likes to do the same thing. And it doesn't matter what, whether it's more comfortable, less comfortable. It just likes to do the same thing. And making peace with yourself that you have a human brain who loves to do this. And it's your job now to intentionally guide it. Like you're like the ways of your brain. Like, no, we're going to do this. Yeah. You'll see later. It's much better for us. And you're going to like it. And you're gonna, this is going to be our new norm. Yeah. So your, your, your new soda routine, your new yoga routine, that will start being the new norm. And then that will be the new norm. And then you want to try something else. 
And then your brain is going to have drama over that. It's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Cause you know, that's true because sometimes if you go the road less traveled, it's actually better. You try something different, you love it and it works out better. You just, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to keep trying. You have to keep growing, learning. I like to ask everybody, although I feel like this whole episode was advice and words of wisdom. <laughs> Do you have any advice for somebody who's pre-op or just had surgery? Pre-op. They, they're about to get to surgery. Okay. No, you're, no I'm asking yes, you. Yes. It, oh, okay, it, it, it could be anything. It could be anything. Pre-op, post-op. Oh, okay. Anything. Oh. It could be anything. Sex. Wow. Brain hunger, anything. anything, girl. My main advice is become more emotionally intelligent. Once you learn about your emotions, once you learn what creates your emotions, once you learn how to regulate your emotions, your life will be much bigger. You'll stop running away from feelings. You'll stop using food to fuel your feelings. You'll stop playing it small because you'll learn how to regulate your feelings. You will have a bigger life. Your life will change. And I guess like that goes for everybody, for everything. Good. And I, I love the one a while ago about the taking the different route because that, that is the battle in your brain. Mm -hmm. That was perfect because we're so caught up with the way we've always done it, the way it's been done, the way we learned it, and we're stuck on that one route. And we'd rather just be stuck in traffic, even though we see that it's going to take us forever, instead of just making a U-turn and going down the new street. Mm -hmm. That's good, girl. That's good. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate you taking time today and chatting with me and I am so excited to collaborate with you on our future events and get to know you more, talk to you more. Thank you. You're so amazing. And just being around you is going to help me in my journey because I'm going to learn inadvertently just being with you. I'm going to hype you up, girl. So I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast. And check us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash fairy diaries for more exclusive content, deep dives, and info on upcoming events. Don't forget, follow us on social media. See you there.